This is a Rooster Teeth production. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night, unable to move, haunted by hallucinations or visions of a terrifying entity? You're not alone. There exists a scientific curiosity that explains why such a frightening event occurs. So today, we discuss the terrifying phenomenon of sleep paralysis. This is Red Web. Task Force, it is time. Sleep paralysis has been a topic we've talked about for a long time on and off on this show, and today we're finally diving into the sources of it all, the history of it, and how it has entered the zeitgeist. Welcome back to Red Web. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, with me, with his own experiences on this very topic, but hearing some of the origins of this for the very first time, Alfredo Diaz. So... Initially, my emotion was, hell yeah, because I'm sure we're going to dive into some Mm -hmm. of the scientific reasons why, and I'll get to know different experiences and the lesser extent or full extent of sleep paralysis um, from other people's perspectives. But then also the other half of me went, oh, I suffer from this. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, this is such a... I'm so, so stoked we're finally talking about this. This is just one of those topics that we've teased for quite some time. And we decided to formalize it in a unique format. You know, we've dabbled with this format before when we talked about spontaneous human combustion. So this is a little bit different. We're going to talk about the historical origins of the sleep paralysis demons as they as they are. Yeah. Uh, and how culture has impacted those. But also the scientific background as to what sleep paralysis is, how it impacts people, and why. I'm assuming it's like in, you're interrupting like a deep sleep state. But I, I honestly don't know much about it. I just know I suffer from it. And I go, it's manageable the cool thing about it is or the interesting thing i would say about sleep paralysis is that's something that's so common yet not all at the same time like you'll run into people who also suffer from sleep paralysis and they will totally be in the same lane as you in Mm -hmm. terms of experiences and what happens and you can discuss and rant about it but then the people that don't experience it just go i've never experienced this right Tell that's me about me. it. Wow, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, right, right. Literally. Like we've had, like, when I describe to you my experiences, you go, that's wild. Right. Spooky, because I know your story. Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. Listen, every single member of Red Web here at the production house in the, in the headquarters has had experiences with sleep paralysis, except for me. From top to bottom, I'm, I'm the one going, what? come on, I got, I, I got a little bit of FOMO. <laughs> I just, the, the wild. No, Christian have... had an experience. When was your last experience, Christian? Last night. God. Last night. Oh my God. I feel like we should definitely dive into that. In is a it because I'm also curious to is see it because we researched this? The percentage. It might be, honestly. Sorry, Fredo. Oh, no, no. I'm saying we should definitely dive into that in a bit. Um, but also, I'm curious to see what the percentage of people Ooh. in the world suffer from right. sleep paralysis. Yeah. Look that up. The chair's typing away. Not in the outline, but I can give you the answer. I would love to hear it. Uh, It's approximately 7 or 8% of the general population. That's so much lower than I thought. (laughs) I know. I thought when I heard the 7 or 8, I was like 70 to 8. Wow, that's a lot. But, you know, I I can get it. I thought it was going to be like 40%, (laughs) maybe even 30. And I'd be like, let's see, there's a ton of us. 7 to 8, it's just a bad draw. Suddenly, Red Web, there's something about it. There's something in our task force headquarters water. I think we got to get our pipes checked possibly <laughs> i'm reading more and that 
that number varies okay, depending you, on the source. You dig into that. Oh, okay. It's apparently, very broadly speaking, I think that smaller number is uh, the percentage of people who experience it regularly. Got but it. in terms of people who will experience it at some point, some people say as low as 8%, some people say up to 50%. I thought it was like a majority of people at least experience it once. But without further ado, I want to dive into what sleep paralysis is to get this engine started. All right. So sleep paralysis is the phenomenon that happens during the process of falling asleep and waking up. Your body is sending signals to your arms and legs and the rest of your body, telling them to relax. It's a process called muscle atonia. The reason why you experience muscle atonia while you fall asleep is because you want your body to be relaxed. You don't want to act out your dreams during REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. It's a phase during your sleep. It's usually the most active your brain is, and it's usually where all your dreams stem from. So it's another reason why you don't really remember your dreams very well, unless you wake up in the middle of the night, you might've interrupted the dream, and then you're more inclined to remember it in that sense. But otherwise, the yeah, your dreams are isolated to these little islands of heavy brain activity in the middle of the night. See, that's, that's another piece of science, because like I never remember any dreams. I know mm. people that remember dreams all the time, don't I very rarely interesting yeah I mean I either don't remember the dream or maybe once a quarter have a dream yeah or sometimes I get really unlucky and I drink too much liquid and then it's like I have the dream where you're pissing oh god I've had that dream like three times in the last week I've woken up dry so we're good I've moved on since <laughs> the age of seven but <laughs> so yeah oh man like when I sleep on my back I'm a light sleeper and that's when I feel like I dream the most, but it's probably because I'm waking up a lot. So when sleep paralysis occurs, usually what's going on is you become awake. You're consciously aware. However, your body is still in that muscle atonia state. Yep. So you are unable to move your limbs, your muscles, and you feel very much stuck in your body. You have this oh, yeah. paralysis as it is, it's like this paralyzed feeling. Oh yeah. Now I could read off data here of the symptoms, but since you and Christian have both experienced it, do you mind sharing the symptoms you experience when going through a bout of sleep paralysis? Yeah, it's usually waking up in a panic, mm -hmm. being completely paralyzed, not being able to move anything but my Your eyeballs. Eyes. And then on top of that, it's usually being short of breath too. Um, and so you're not sitting there being able to really take in the full amount of oxygen you normally would. So is it it's like shallow breathing. It just feels like, yeah, shallow breathing. And then you can't breathe or uh, utilize your lungs as much as you normally would. So wow. it's, do you like, think it's the diaphragm, that, that giant muscle that helps you breathe? That may, is kind of you, honestly, now stunting? it's like, you know, certain muscle functions aren't on. I wouldn't be surprised if there are muscle functions with, with your lungs that just aren't activated because mm. they're off. Um, it kind of, that would make sense to me, but yeah, it's waking up in a panic, only being able to move like your eyes or if that, and, and then from there, heavy breathing and it's always in a panic. Yeah. It lasts anywhere well, it's from naturally like, very scary. Yeah. It lasts anywhere from like five seconds to like, I don't know, maybe a minute. As far oh as man, as this I guy's. He's reading the research outline ahead of me. I love this. <laughs> Damn! He's experienced. Yeah, that's how you know about experience. Exactly. Yeah. Christian, oh, like, is your experience very feel so validating? I know. You should. You should. I feel seen. Seven to eight percent right here. It's funny you say the, you talk about uh, shortness of breath because kind of what Trevor was talking about with REM sleep. In REM sleep, 
I love sleep. I talk about I like look at look up dream stuff all the time. It's mm-hmm. like fascinating to me. During REM sleep, your breathing's naturally irregular. And so that may be part of why oh, you have that shortness wow. of breath when you're coming out. Uh, yeah. From what I've read, there's no scientific reason they're confident in as mm-hmm. to why your breathing's regular, but it's proven. Interesting. But for, for my experience, I get it so often now that I don't even get scared when it happens. I get annoyed. That's <laughs> you, So you're, okay, we'll get to this, the shadow demons yeah. here in a second, but you, you essentially just get annoyed at them. At this point, yeah, like it, it will happen to me. It can happen when I'm falling asleep and it can happen when I'm waking up. And Got yeah, it. it's just the, I can feel, you're so familiar with the sensation. It's like Alfredo was saying, you can feel that you can't move, but you're awake and all you can do is look around. <sighs> yeah. And in order to break out, you just have to focus all your energy on moving like a finger. You're yeah. making me want to take a lot of deep breaths right now. Just to like, <laughs> get it oxygen like, I just want to get some of that store oxygen it, store in. It. I know. Like, oh. I just imagine Christian waking up going... Damn it! Like, That's exactly it's all in his head. what it is. It's yeah, all in his head. All in his head. He screams with his eyes. <laughs> so it, it seems like this episode is going to be a unique one in the sense mm-hmm. that we're going to be breaking down the science. We're going to talk about paralysis, science, which yeah. I'm super excited because I've had this for majority of my life and I know nothing about it. I just mm-hmm. haven't do- dove into any of it. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a lot of conversational pieces. Yeah, there's going to. So then we're going to talk about you know. We'll talk a little bit more about the science here, but then we're going to talk about the the sleep paralysis demons. Now, this is something that's very commonly heard about, known about. One of the common ones is like a shadowy figure, Mm. but we're going to talk about the historically popular ones that have actually had impacts on culture and show up in things like paintings uh, in the 1700s, et cetera. And also kind of riffing on the, the idea of shared hallucinations and why that might be the case. But we'll kind of get there. I want to come back to the science, though, and thank you guys for sharing yep. your symptoms because those are traditionally the common symptoms. Now, it's interesting that you guys feel the, the shortness of breath because one of the symptoms is feeling that heaviness on the chest, which leads us kind of to the causes or at least some of the theoretical causes of sleep paralysis. Many of these will make a lot of sense, and I'd like to hear kind of maybe your reactions to them, but narcolepsy, which is a situation where a person who is inflicted with narcolepsy might fall asleep almost spontaneously out of their control. And it's something that they're plagued with for most of their life, if not all of their life. But also things like staying up super late or working night shifts. So when you have a nocturnal schedule or when you're working through when your brain would otherwise want to be sleeping, that carries into sleep deprivation can lead to sleep paralysis. But interestingly, with the idea of breathing in mind, having obstructive sleep apnea can also lead to this feeling. Sleep apnea, if I remember correctly, is essentially shallow breathing or irregular breathing when you're asleep for other various reasons. Uh, Sometimes medically, sometimes just how the person is. Like my father has uh, symptoms of sleep apnea and it just interrupts his ability to sleep deeply or sleep for long periods of time. Yeah, it's a a breathing disorder, a sleep-related breathing disorder where for whatever reason, your airflow is blocked occasionally during sleep. I wonder if a very common thing with a lot of people, a deviated septum, like, ooh, also is parallel to that. Why would you say that? Uh, I, I will say now that I'm actually thinking about it, I have had far less sleep paralysis, I would say, events mm-hmm. after I had my 
uh, was it balloon sinoplasty? Oh yeah, you get or, a little balloon yeah, tucked yeah. up in there, and yeah, or they so corrected my deviated, deviated septum. Oh, so and after I that, realized that you guys are breathing like this good air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting here. Yeah, we've been breathing good, dude. And I'm that's glad, a, it's a I'm glad you joined. It's a con- <laughs> <laughs> it's a common thing. Yeah, the number of people when I talked about, they're like, yeah, I, you know, I can't breathe that's so interesting consistently and i breathe out of my mouth when i'm sleeping and all that kind of stuff and so now i just haven't experienced it as much but that's really that's i kind of think about it go maybe yeah task force if you have a similar experience i'd i'd love to hear from you all but as you were saying in your symptoms fredo episodes of sleep paralysis can last anywhere from a few seconds to a couple of minutes ah that's yes so seen (laughs) you're like so seen terrifying minutes Uh, i might add yeah Now, oftentimes when someone experiences sleep paralysis, they will also experience hallucinations, which manifests itself into sleep paralysis demons. That's what they are referred to colloquially as. These hallucinations, now, you might ask yourself, why? Very good question. These hallucinations occur because the serotonin release that occurs because your brain is trying to get you out of REM sleep, and it makes you more aware, similar to that of taking hallucinogenic drugs. Serotonin-triggered hallucinations tend to trigger extreme fear reactions as well. So, what is theorized Great. here? That's that's oh, yeah. extreme fear reactions, mm-hmm. not, not extreme happiness reactions. Right, know? right. So basically, what's happening is as, as your body is regulating your sleep cycle to knock you up into a lighter level of sleep, away from REM for whatever purpose we're still as so humans trying to understand. It pumps you with a little bit of serotonin. What could happen is maybe you get too much and it pushes your awareness to awake, but not your body. So your body's still asleep, your mind's awake, and now you have this heightened fearful state. And those chemicals are just creating these hallucinations. But other sources, in addition to that, say that hallucinations are actually caused by being partially awake during otherwise your REM cycle. So your brain is still kind of lulling behind your consciousness it's still in a pseudo dreamy state yeah and so your dreams impress upon the real world and impact kind of your surroundings i mean i believe it because i I just feel like coming out of rem and just getting jolted out of it i'm sure there's a lot of systems in your body that are just not online yeah (laughs) we're just like oh we didn't switch that on before switching that on Uh uh-huh that's off and and so everything's out of rhythm. It feels very much like, you know, there there is a show or a movie that's a perfect comparison, but like Westworld, where you're behind the scenes, right? The robots are downstairs mm-hmm. looking at other robots be operated on. And the humans think they're humans because they're just consciously walking around, but you're actually behind the scenes of it all. You're like, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be seeing this. Yeah. So the fact that your eyes are awake and your brain's kind of awake, your body's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not supposed to be here right now. What, right. what are you doing? And so, yeah, it's just like you're really off kilter. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about my experiences before, but I mean, like in the moment waking up and I very rarely, uh, maybe once or twice out of my whole life of maybe having this happen to me like 50 times. Like That's still a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe once or twice that I've seen like a demon. Mm. But in that moment, it's so rare it's so vivid. Yeah. And I'm, I'll gloss over this because I mentioned this before, but, you know, the one instance I gra- got up, I was able to have motor functions, got up, shoved the demon against the wall, I was going to just wail on it. And right. then it turned to my brother and it was my brother waking me up. So Ooh. not only can it be, I made me realize not only can it be 
like this imaginary figure. Yeah. But it can also project itself onto an actual person. That's what's, that's so <laughs> scary, dude. Which it, is just like, it's such a, like, interesting jump. Yes. That you just never think of. Your brain is live rewriting reality. Yeah. Like, it, as you are kind quite, of awake, you're up. You were yeah, physically up. Yeah. Your brain was rewriting the reality that was hitting your eyes. That's so spooky. Yeah. It, it, was, a fascinating. it, was, it was a surreal experience. It yeah. was... It, Felt legit like a movie. Yeah. In, in, in the sense of like the way the demon faded away, my brother appeared. Mm. I was like, this is some visual effects stuff. And then and then you start to go like, no wonder they came up with that idea for this movie, you know? Yeah. Real experience in this right. way informs True. art. And with that said, we can go into more detail with your story if you want. But at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, your traditional stuff with the sleep paralysis demons here in a second. But I also, if you guys are comfortable with it, we have Kat and we have Jillian's experience, our, some of our research team. And then Christian has some of his experiences. So at the end of this episode, we're going to cap off with some personal anecdotes to kind of expand on this. Man, it's, but, it's either that 7% number is just the lowballing it harshly or the task force just attracts sleep paralysis yeah. members. And and freaks that want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the, why, 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 was why, why was it I picked for the team? And everyone's going, I, I, I hate this team. <laughs> now, the last piece of science that I wanted to cap off, and I think this is so, it, I mean, it's all been fascinating, but this is so interesting to me. Love the brain, love dreams. Now, other research has shown that during sleep paralysis, there is an error in how the parietal lobe processes your body's functions and, for example, movement. I, I looked a little further into the parietal lobe because that's what I do. I pull things apart. And this is the part of your brain that helps you understand the world around you. It assembles all of the input that you get from like your touch, from your body just existing, and turns it into useful information that you can then interpret the physicality of your world. And so when that is either acting up or it's being interfered with, you can imagine now how that might cause you to, as we were saying, rewrite the reality you're actually experiencing, which we could do a whole spinoff episode on that. I mean, when you see like glitch in the matrix sort of stuff, which we've talked about in the Mandela effect episode, but also just like the idea that what you're seeing, can you trust it? Can you trust your senses? That's spooky because that's all you got. Oh, things that people experience way more than sleep paralysis deja vu that is another really interesting fascination like is there any science behind brain. that you know what i mean or is it really just i think i just saw it before and i'm just my brain is just piecing this together yeah as if i did and really i didn't that there's two schools of thought and this is just me having looked into that very right, phenomenon right, right. and experiencing it very vividly a lot recently it's one do you just relive your life on repeat true that would be i don't know good or bad i don't know there's a lot of repeating functions that you do on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And then two, well, I, I just mean like when you pass away, you get born again as your same exact self. Oh. And so you can remember situations or, you know, using karmic ideology, like yeah. are you born as somebody else who then went through something similar? Or an, an, a more scientific and grounded perhaps angle to look through the brain would be, it's actually a, a small glitch in your brain where you, as you are coding memory, it is actually tickling your like consciousness in a way. So basically, as you are seeing something happen, it is triggering your memories in a very poorly phrased way. Basically, your brain is feeling live input as a memory and as live input at the same time, which is just confusing Ooh. you into going, this is, I've seen this before, but right. you're actually just 
experiencing it via some small, minor twitch in your brain, essentially. Interesting. So your brain's essentially going, your body's experiencing it live, but there's a glitch in your brain going, memory, memory, memory. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, jarring. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes, the, what makes the memory side more interesting is, I remember learning this back in college, is that supposedly when you have, when you're remembering a memory your brain is not actually going back to that point in time. Your brain is accessing the last time you remembered that event. Oh. And so that's why it's said that memories get fuzzier over time because you're slowly... Oh, it's a game gaining, of telephone with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. You're slowly gaining distance from what? the actual event. I've never... Blew my mind when I yeah. So then if you... I mean, I guess, yeah, repetition when you're studying for a test or doing anything else like in your profession... That's how it becomes second nature is because it's become so repeated. Mm-hmm. That telephone relay is so strong. There's more points between you and when you first learned yeah. it. Oh, oh, that's cool. And I've wasted so much of that <laughs> on FPS call. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Now, with some of the science under our belt, of mm-hmm. course, this is the study of the brain. There's still so much to be understood, so much left to properly figure out, but these are the leading theories. But with that said, I want to move now into the more interesting side of things, which is the sleep paralysis demons. Because the hallucinations that we talked about, regardless of the origin, regardless of how and why they are there, oftentimes people experience hallucinations during sleep paralysis. And they often include an entity or a figure of some kind that is usually dubbed the sleep paralysis demon. Many people who experience this condition reportedly see the same, air quotes, demon in different instances of sleep paralysis. And when describing their personal demons, many online users have found that they actually see the same entities. That when they describe these figures, they go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've seen something very similar. And it's not just this vague, oh, humanoid outline of a shadow. We'll get into exactly what the common ones are, but they're usually a lot more descript. Really? Yeah. Because I thought the the through thread here would be, because from my, again, my personal experiences, you're waking up in the middle of the night. It's dark mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for most people. And so it's a dark figure. You can't really make it out. So I'm very, like, baffled to find out that, no, there is detail within yeah. that because I've just never experienced or seen any of that detail. I'm also interested to see how they're experiencing that detail of, I'm assuming a lot of, but I would say most people sleep in a dark room as opposed to like, I leave a light on or right. I leave the TV on. I think there are pieces of the human biology that are naturally scared of certain things. The dark would be one of them. Heights is another natural thing like that. And and they all have, you know, their basis or you know, origins and evolution. But yeah, I think the brain on the whole is just attaching to whatever's immediately in front of you, which usually is dark. But what's interesting is that And some people have kind of theorized that these sleep paralysis demons are shared because they were a reflection of the zeitgeist, the cultural fears of the time. Because when you look back over the centuries, like you can see kind of that trend. And some people even theorize that the modern version of the sleep paralysis demon is actually alien experiment phenomenon. People being abducted, researched on. I mean, that's where the whole joke around like, we joke about it, like the probing and, and the, like, looking at the human parts and poking and prodding and being in these cold, dark scientific rooms in a spaceship. Some people theorize maybe that is today's version of sleep paralysis because this last century has been so obsessed with space and flight 
and looking outward beyond the stars. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like the masses, and this is just my own thought here. Mm -hmm. I feel like the masses would like conjure up maybe like the the girl from the ring or like you the just grudge, said that right like why i feel like that's more widely known in fear yeah you just um, said that and i immediately thought if i had sleep paralysis right i'd that's see what i'm seeing uh you know a fuzzy tv girl crawl out of of yeah. the well and onto my floor and like up onto me oh that's what i feel like i would see but you know i guess when you average it across everybody right you kind of start to identify some trends yeah i mean i i just would have thought that experiencing something like i don't know whatever modern day horror pop culture demon thing mm -hmm. would be something that's an easy uh parallel lane as opposed to a bigger jump yeah. of like alien sure yeah yeah I, I mean i guess like the whole space race in the 60s really punched that into the cultural mindset True. but to your point i mean why not in, in the 80s like why wasn't Freddy Krueger like a very common yeah. sleep paralysis entity, you know? Yeah, true. Especially because it was his whole lore is based around exactly. sleep and nightmares. Don't fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a really interesting point. But with that said, I do want to talk about at least two of the, or, or three of the common forms that these sleep paralysis demons come in. And I, I'd be very interested, Christian and Alfredo, stop me if any of these kind of match your experiences. I know maybe the second one might. But with that said, let's dive into the old hag, as she's called. Also sometimes referred to as the night hag. This is a sleep paralysis demon that has crossed many different cultures over many, many centuries. And while the creature takes a slightly different form in each culture, the common theme is that of a small, I'm, I'm reading it straight off my outline, freakish looking creature. And I love that the use of that word freakish looking creature that sits on your chest making it hard to breathe and rendering you immobile and so now you can imagine when you're experiencing those symptoms that pressure on your chest your brain is immediately finding a solution what is it well it must be this creepy entity in the room it's sitting on me honestly i feel like that's low-key more terrifying than a demon figure like this it's too close to reality is what it is yeah. i can separate you know if there's a shadow person right or like with you know, real. right i can go well i i can get past this if it's like I don't know. So what an old the, lady? I'm like, oh. that's that's real. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the visit. Yeah. I, I don't need this you thing bounding it. after me on <laughs> all remake. fours. Right, exactly. It is creepy. Because because this is the you know mystery podcast about movies, it just kind of jarred No, the movie my, podcast about mysteries. The movie podcast about mysteries. You talking about like a small like creature on your chest just like jolted my mind to the William Shatner. Uh, Twilight episode yes. where he's on the plane. There's something on the wing or whatever. He, yeah, something on the wing, something. And there's something. like a little like gremlin tearing up the wing and no one else is seeing it. And no one else is believing him. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a good one. I would hate that. So stories of an old woman sitting on one's chest during sleep can be found across many different cultures, as I mentioned. The old hag and sleep paralysis as a whole may actually have some connection of origin to the word nightmare. So we all say, okay, nightmare is is a bad dream, a scary dream. You're trying to run away from something and, and like the ground is rolling under you so you're not moving or you know, you try to sprint but you actually end up crawling really slowly, like that kind of stuff. Traditional nightmare. Now, mare, M-A-R-E, is an old English term with roots in Slavic and Germanic folklore. It's described as an entity that sits on the chest of people while they sleep, leading 
to frightening dreams. I would say majority of the people in the world don't know that. I had no Most clue. Most people don't know that. Yeah. And now you, now I start to question the seven to eight percent because nightmare, essentially, its etymology is that of sleep paralysis, or, or at least the physical entity that you see during sleep paralysis. It's one of those questions where, to me, and I was trying to like clarify before and look things up. To me, yeah. it's like a chicken or egg situation. I don't know oh. if it's a nightmare. Nightmare is caused by you know the old hag sighting, yeah. or if it was already a phenomenon and people started seeing the hag, and then they. Oh, drew the well, the, well, the thing is, like back then, there was like witches were feared and right. were, you know, believed in, and so I sure. feel like that would be the same thing that like it translates over, right? If you're gonna talk about nowadays, we're seeing aliens and stuff like that because that's just more modern, like, yeah, hyper thought or mainstream. Back then, that was the mainstream thing. Yeah, which kind of was. I mean, that was if to, during a time period. Not to be too silly, but that was their Freddy Krueger. I mean, yeah. we just have a lot of scary media with different. I mean, they went now, as far to kill a lot of innocent people. Absolutely, in the belief that they were one. Absolutely, and that's a good point too. Christian is like, was it an old woman that they saw because of the name of nightmares? Or did the name Nightmare come along because they wanted a quick way to say, oh yeah, I saw the old woman again. She sat on my chest again. Terrible night. That, I love that. Now, interestingly enough, and it sounds like we went even deeper on the word mare, because before the word mare was around, you have the word Mara from Old Norse, which itself came from the Proto-Germanic word for Maron. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which that refers to goblins or succubi that sit on the chest of people at night. And that is such a strong idea that there's actually a painting. It's Henry Fuseli's painting of the nightmare. That's what it's called. And this stems back to 1781. And it could be one of the earliest depictions of a sleep paralysis demon and shows a creature sitting atop someone's chest. Right, I'll let you see it here. That's that's a thick demon. That's a thick little demon. That's a, I mean, look, that thing is one terrifying. It looks, it's got like a, an old person's kind of like face to it. It's smiling with a little like bit. like little like elvish ears. But I mean like that looks like it weighs a good 60, 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. When I first saw this painting and had it connected to the idea of sleep paralysis demons, I was like, that's so cool. But now that like, that's kind of the end of the idea of the old hag. We'll move on now to shadow people. But this just goes to show like, whether it's caused from the word itself, mare, or created the word mare, the point is what's going on in society really comes out. Like this is just a vessel for people's fears to be expressed upon them. And so you can almost, it's almost like a litmus test for what the fears of a century or of a, of a people's that, might be. Yeah, exactly. Because while they might see demons or goblins or an old hag, you know, if I hate pie and I see a giant pie, I'm not going to be into it. Uh, well, the thing is, like, it's weird because I guess, like, in a way, a generation can manifest mm-hmm. right off of what is pop culture or mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. popular in the media. But I guess, in a sense, you can't manifest your own intricate, like, demon. But, but you're right. But, but, but like, people it all aren't coming into it. It feels like it's all feeding into like these buckets, right? Yeah. As opposed to. I I hate running, so I had a fear that someone's running on me or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's just like like couldn't it be like no jokes? Like someone's gym coach that they just I literally yeah. don't like physical education. Yeah. Don't like this professor or this teacher. 
mm-hmm. and then they're the ones that shows up. Task Force, let us know if you have sleep paralysis and you have very bespoke, very specific experiences. I'd be very curious. Yeah. So shadow people, I want to talk about that now because that is the one that I've most heard about as somebody who hasn't had it. And it does sound like you've seen a demon in your experience. That's that's my boy. The shadow <laughs> man is your boy. Okay, that's what I thought. Now, this is another common entity seen during sleep paralysis. They're just commonly referred to as shadow people, the outlined figure of a person with basically silhouetted in mm-hmm. the dark. Can't really see details. These types of figures have been seen in other situations involving drugs or sleeping medications, following sleep deprivation, or in hallucinations related to people with mental illnesses. So this is not just something specifically seen by those experiencing sleep paralysis. It has a wider reach as a hallucination, and those are some of the other origins of these kind of visions. They are even seen sometimes in everyday life. You talked about this, you asked earlier, is it because most people sleep in the dark? Is that why they're seeing it? Well, some people can see them out of the corner of their eye late at night, or sometimes just in the midst of the day, they see, they they look and something catches their eye. And when they look, it's gone, but they otherwise saw a shadowy figure. I've had that happen, but I feel like that's just well, the I human mind mean, seeking patterns. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say it's a pattern thing. Right. Like yeah. I, I've, there's definitely been times when I'm home alone and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And then I'm walking along or like I look down the hallway in a weird way and I'm like, what was that? And then I look and then when I actually look, there wasn't anything there. But vividly out of the corner of my eye, it looked like there was definitely a dark figure blocking what would have been behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that's interesting that this the shadow people idea can be seen during the day or night. Yeah. For for me and for any like because I I looked up because I forgot the name, but like any anime nerds out there uh my hero academia mm-hmm. um has a villain called uh kuro giri and it's essentially like what i saw <gasps> which is like just or, 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 uh, like like take out the fact okay. he's wearing a suit here sure, because sure, he's sure. A part of anime maybe but it's, it's, it's just like that Ooh, oh. or it's just kind of like floaty demon like oh. mist i don't i'll um, make use to that yeah, so uh, yeah, that that that's kind of yeah. Kurogiri is kind of like a long cool line villain design. Don't I, want to wake up what to I've, that. What I've seen. Wow. Yeah. So, some other details with regards to the, to these shadow peoples that they seem to move quickly, especially if you're looking for them. As I was just kind of indicating, they move quickly or they disappear. Now, some believe that shadow people are demonic in nature, but others believe that they could be time travelers or even people from other dimensions, which dovetails nicely into the ideology around ghosts and some of the many theories that cover those. And so there is something of a Venn diagram here where shadow people and ghosts could have an overlap. Two things in my response to that. Mm. Why are you time traveling to when I'm sleeping? (laughs) Right? Like, why is it consistently that? Why is it consistently when I'm sleeping? Sure. Maybe there's like, we can only show our presence when they're coming out of this sleep cycle. Two, Ooh, let's go back yeah. to uh, just real quick. They're it's only just, in tune just, with our wavelength when they're just waking yes, up. exactly. Ooh. Maybe that's it. Maybe I just solved my own question. While you were saying that, and I do want to get to to the hat man. That is another common piece of iconography around Mad this. Hatter? The Mad Hatter? No, the, uh, the hat man is what he's referred to. It's very similar to a shadow person, but it's like a silhouetted masculine figure with kind of like a flat-brimmed hat. But before we get there, I had another theory as far as what you're kind of expounding upon. Why do we feel these entities at such weird moments? One of my 
personal headcanons that I dabble with is like, what if when you pass away, you spend your afterlife watching your life like it was a movie and those entities, shadow figure or otherwise, is just you jumping into your timeline. And you're like, that's me down the hallway. And they're like, oh, I almost got me. All right, well, I'm going to table that thought because I I do want to get to the hat man. But that's something I think about a lot. When I feel like an odd presence, I go, don't do anything future me would be embarrassed by. My biggest fear is when you die, it's just complete nothingness. Yeah, but if it's nothingness, it's like you wouldn't. You don't. Know. It's, there's no input. Oh, for sure. So you, it's just kind of. Yeah, like you just wouldn't know. But the you, thought of it, whew, heavy. How do you experience nothing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, the Hat Man. The Hat Man is a name coined for a shadowy figure that many have seen during their sleep paralysis episodes. The Hat Man has also been reported when people have taken various sleeping medications or Benadryl. Benadryl, I think, is an antihistamine that has very heavy drowsy side effects. In the last year, many people have reported seeing the Hat Man, and even more people have created memes joking about going to visit the Hat Man in their sleep. Some say he is a shadowy figure wearing a wide-brimmed hat with no distinguishing features, while others say that he had glowing red eyes. Some consider the Hat Man a specific type of shadow person. So what's the time period of this? Because this is just men in black. A kind of. Yeah, right? I mean, Government in, in, a, in a way. Like, this is during, like, what, 60s to 80s? Uh, we've got we've got experiences with the Hat Man as recently as the 90s. We've got a 2008 story we're going to talk about here. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, but like definitely much ki- more it, recent. It, yeah, I mean, if it kicked up more recent in terms of, like, the 70s, I mean, that... That's that, a good that point. That, to me, screams, like, you know, the fear of what the government, you know, during those times, like, what's the government doing? Yeah. The Hat Man has also been described as being very tall, wearing a trench coat, and once again, a wide-brimmed hat. In 2008, Timothy Brown Jr. created a blog post called The Hatman Project, where people would share their experiences with the Hat Man. In the blog, Brown details his own experience with the Hat Man, which occurred in 1994. Brown was living with his grandmother and great-grandmother at the time and recounts a night where, while drifting in and out of sleep, he saw a dark, shadowy man with no distinguishing facial features wearing a long trench coat and a wide-brimmed hat moving about his room. After he believed the hat man had gone, he woke up his grandmother and his great-grandmother and told them his story. Both women also shared stories of seeing a similar shadowy being to the one Brown was describing just years prior to this event. While his blog began in 2008, Brown describes collecting stories since 2001 after hearing a radio segment discussing the same shadowy figure that Brown had seen back in 1994. His blog still accepts submissions, with the most recent being published January 1st, 2023. Oh! So, that's such a cool idea of a website. But it took him over a decade to finally be validated in his experience. So he he woke up in 94, saw this figure. His family's going, oh, we've seen this figure before in our lifetime, just years prior. And then finally he hears it from someone randomly on the radio. And he's like, okay, well then there's got to be a lot of other people out there. Submit your stories here. But that's the shadowy man with the hat. What I really like about this and what makes it so unique is, I mean, it's quite obvious is the fact that like, this is something that I can speak on that I can really relate to. I go into these blind, Mm -hmm. but I still, for the most part, have that in the sense of I'm learning so much about something that's a part of my life. Didn't know there were different demons that were common demons and and then you know kind of the science behind it all i mean i can only imagine i can only imagine because 
I, you know, loved as a kid to scour the internet for creepy stories, so I tumbled down the rabbit hole of sleep paralysis demons very early on. But I can also imagine somebody who experiences this, has no idea that this is a common thing, and has this throughout their life with no one to share this with. And so as soon as suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, somebody else has this, wild, you saw the same thing. That must be so validating, but also kind of relieving, I would imagine. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, feels a little less personal. Oddly perhaps. enough, like when it first happened, I went, "Oh, weird." I just, I just kind of chalked it up to waking up in a panic, mm. you know. And then this happened to me when I was probably late teens is when it started, and so I was like, "Oh, I guess I just woke up in a panic." Yeah, and I mean, I'm stressed out about a test or, or a girl or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know those big problems. Those were the massive girls. world problems back then, Man, you know. And just like, I, what I'd give I, to have those problems, right? Again. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I just chalked it up to like uh, just a panic uh, attack, and then when I did do, yeah, I did have the demon experience, which was which was very rare. Um, probably in my early twenties. At that point, I just said, "Oh, I guess I just hallucinated because I was waking up right at, like mid cycle or yeah. something." You know, it's interesting. I you know I've talked on and off about my desire to lucid dream and practice the idea of controlling your dreams, being aware while you're sleeping. And one of the methods is to elicit sleep paralysis, to create that, get comfortable with that idea. So that way you can then, once you sink back into the cerebral dreaming, you are, you maintain a level of consciousness. So I've throughout my life have attempted to initiate sleep paralysis and it is a difficult process to do. So I, envy the potential of initiating that so you can lucid dream and have a good time. I do not envy that it is something that you kind of succumb to and that you can't control and that on top of that, yeah. you, Christian, and, and Jillian and Kat behind the scenes end up with very scary stories. Well, hello there, Task Force. This is that intimate moment in the mystery that I get to talk directly to your eardrums. And I say my name, but I won't do it this time because you know who I am and this is Red Web. Welcome to the Gap in the Mystery. This is the time for the Red Web housekeeping. So let's get into it. Hey, we had such phenomenal success thanks to you, the Task Force, around the Sippy Cup of Knowledge with our live shopping stream. We're going to do another one. We have our tinfoil hats ready to go. It's a really cool baseball hat with a silver inner lining to give you that protection that you need when you're out there with the aliens flying around and, you know, when you're conspiratizing. That's what I'm going to verbify, doing things with conspiracies. And I'm leaving this as a one-take ad read, so that's the word now. Now. But yeah, we have the silver lined tinfoil hat. It isn't actually foil, but it's, you know, it's very close. And then we also are going to be selling a box full of goodies. It's got a shirt, it's got a black light in it, and it's a full kit. But uh, that live shopping stream is going to be May 4th. So if you missed out on the Sippy Cup of Knowledge, because it did sell out in 30 dang minutes, then I encourage you to come hang out with us. We provide some content, talk to you guys along the way, but also we'll be selling the items. It's a nice little kind of you get some, we get some situation where uh, it's, it's just really cool to sit down with the task force and just talk a little bit. We haven't really figured out what the uh, creative behind this one's going to be, but I bet you I'm going to be reading about conspiracy theories and maybe doing a little game to see, is this a real conspiracy or something that Fredo made up? You know, the man never makes up anything. He's always facts, never lies. But if you got a sippy cup, you might know the truth there. But anyway, that's happening on May 4th. And again, we've got the hat with the silver lining within it. Also, the Red Web Evidence Box, which has a pin, a shirt, and a black light. And it comes in this really cool thematic box. But again, that is May 4th. It's all coming down the pike. So put that on your calendar. Excited to see you all there. 
Oh, real quick, actually, go to rtxaustin.com if you want all these details. But hey, Red Web is going to be at RTX this summer, July 7th through the 9th. Make sure you put that in your calendars as well. And man, I feel like we should have a Red Web calendar at this point. But if you want to come hang out with us here in Austin, we're going to have a, an escape room, which is going to be super cool and themed around cryptids. I don't want to give too much details around that, but it is included with the RTX pass. We're also going to have some other Red Web stuff happening at RTX. So don't worry. It's not just an escape room. We're going to have I hope we're going to have a panel. I hope we're going to have our case files set on the floor but these are things i can't promise because we're still figuring it all out but stay tuned for more news on what red web is doing at rtx here in the little break and uh, maybe on social but with that said let's talk about some of our fantastic sponsors this episode of red web is sponsored by better help we're always growing and changing and because of that getting to know ourselves is a lifelong process and sometimes it's hard to know what we want and why we react a certain way sometimes for a lot of people, therapy can deepen awareness and understanding of themselves because it helps to talk through our thoughts and emotions during those moments to learn more about what's going on. BetterHelp can connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that self-discovery journey. BetterHelp is entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and BetterHelp uses that to match you with a licensed therapist. And if that first person isn't right for you, they're not the right match perhaps, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge and it's all a part of the process. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com RedWeb today in order to get 10% off your very first month. Once again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot RedWeb. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Who doesn't love a good deal when they're shopping online? It's like getting a free treat, and that treat is saving 10 bucks, which you could use to buy the actual treat, thanks to Honey. Manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you shop online and you're about to check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. I really enjoy shopping with Honey. No matter where I'm shopping online, there's usually a Honey code that I get to click and save, and it's super awesome because, again, I remember the history of the internet, and I remember scouring all these bad websites for coupon codes, just hoping for a morsel of savings. But again, Honey does really make it easy, and I really do enjoy it. Honey works on your desktop and your iPhone as well. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And I don't want you, Task Force. I don't want you to be missing out and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash red web once again that's joinhoney.com slash red web and with that said let's get right back into the mystery that's it that is sleep paralysis on a scientific level on a cultural uh -huh. level how it's impacted people and in, in some of the shared forms that it takes but now i would love to open it up christian to you fredo if you'd like to expand on the details of your personal stories, we also have Jillian's and Kat's stories as well that I'll read through on their behalf. And just to reiterate, I would love for the task force to tweet us at Red Web Pod about yeah. their experiences and like, what do you guys see? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And does this line up with your experience? A hundred percent. And if you have a little bit more detail than a tweet can fit or whatever, feel free to email us as well. Redweb at roosterteeth.com. Maybe we'll do a case files where we cover some of your sleep paralysis experiences and let us know if it's cool to use your name if we make an episode like that. But um, Christian, do you want to, you want to crack open your, your story? Sure. Yeah. It's, 
it's kind of funny. I have never seen the hat man or the, the old hack. I've never seen the mm-hmm. common ones. I see ones that are very specific to me and then I see bizarre ones. Ooh. And yeah, I this happens to me all the time. It happens, the frequency will vary, but once a week, once every other week. And like I said, I, I'm used to it. I once hate it. Once a week. It makes me annoyed more than anything else at this point. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's rough. Like basically anytime I sleep on my back, I'll get it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much anytime. I, again, I dream very vividly when I sleep on my back. I think that's just a light sleep sort of situation for me personally. Maybe you share that. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, related to your sleeping position. It's called, I think, the supine position. I don't know if I'm oh. pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Actually, supinated. To piggyback off that, as far as I can remember, I'm a side sleeper. Yeah. But I wake up on my back when I have sleep paralysis. Do you think astronauts have weird sleep paralysis because they're in zero G and kind of upright? I'd really love to explore that. But anyway, Christian, your experience. See, I experience it a lot, but uh, in terms of seeing things, it's only happened, I think, five times. Yeah, I had it last night, and I wonder if it was because we were coming into the, the recording today. But mm-hmm. I had this is the the one of the ones that's specific to me. I was laying in bed, and my mom came over, and she started walking up the stairs to my room, and I could hear the heavy, slow footsteps coming up the the stairs. It didn't really bother me, and then I see my mom come up the stairs, and I'm talking to her. I can I can talk while I'm having this, but I can't move or anything. And then she starts coming to the room and comes to give me a hug. And as she gets close to give me a hug, I realize it's it's not my mom. Oh. I don't know what tips me off, but just like it's like a subconscious thing. Oh, it's not you. You just gave me chills straight up my oh. And I told her I was like, get away from me. I don't I don't know who you are. And then she just keeps going. And as she's leaning towards me, she starts morphing, Ooh. like her jaw unhinged, and oh. she started like changing shape. And then she started basically like smothering me yeah and then i i i've like i said i've had it enough times i could recognize what was happening and i pulled myself out right you feel the the chest like, compression like, get off me fake mom yeah i'm like god, oh, god. i'm sleeping nice and peaceful so wait do you sleep with the door open no oh oh okay i'm about to say i, I don't do that no yeah i thought was like part of the dream part of it because yeah then i woke up and doors closed the the light was off because when i had it it was daytime too but then I woke up, it's nighttime, doors closed. Mm. So it's just like part of kind of what you're saying with your shadow demon. It's just like what your brain is seeing is real. And then it wakes up fully and goes back to, oh no, so much is different. <laughs> yeah, yours is very like vivid and descriptive. Mine's has always ever been, if there is a demon, it's right there in front of me in my face and then it's gone. Goodness. No, I always it's had. Just, it's quick. Yeah, I've had like auditory hallucinations. The really creepy ones are always about my family. I've had yeah. two with my mom. I've had one with my sister being involved. That's somehow so much worse. Yeah, where it's somehow like they're trying to interact with me or approach me, and then I can realize that it's not them, and then it just gets dark from there, like realizing something evil is happening. And then I've had some that are very stupid in hindsight. At the time, it was terrifying. I had one a couple weeks ago. I woke up, and... I looked at the foot of my bed and the way my room is laid out, I have a, the closet doors at the foot of the bed they're white doors. And for some reason I woke up and I see the closet doors and I thought it was a figure. The easiest way to describe it is it was like a giant headless oogie boogie from nightmare before Christmas. 
Oh, wow. It was just this yeah. giant white yeah, yeah. figure with no head just standing there. And then that one was like a blink and I, I was awake and I was okay. There was one, uh, the first hallucination I ever had, I woke up, was laying in bed, woke up, looked at the foot of the bed, and there was a figure standing at the foot of the bed, seven, maybe eight feet tall, was this giant, just standing there looking at me, was this giant Ku Klux Klan member. Oh, <laughs> God. Just staring at me. And that was the first thing I'd ever had, the first time I'd ever had it. And I remember I turned, I could somehow turn my head and I shut my eyes and screamed. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a weird sensation. I don't know if you ever had it, Alfredo, where like, how would you describe it? Like you can feel the noise building in your head. And then it's just like, just like that, you're awake. And you look around. Yeah, sometimes it's like a ring. Yeah, yeah, like a ring. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I would say you seeing a KKK member is... The most terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most real. Especially as your fortunate one. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, most realistic thing. <laughs> unfortunately. The worst part about your stories is that you can maybe build the habit, which you, you seemingly have, but you can build the habit to go, when I see shadow person, it ain't real. That can trigger your ability to wake up and get out of it. But yours is all so heavily based in reality. Yep. It uses yep. reality to anchor its way into your mind and get you to buy into it just long enough to turn on you that is it's almost spooky. like my brain has adapted to the fact that i have it from so the much. beginning yeah it's like oh so you have this happen so much so it's gonna be harder to get you oh that's that's yucky yeah, yeah at least i'll for, tell you that at least <laughs> for me right it's now. like oh, oh that's not real for you i mean like it could it, be it could be a burglar <laughs> and you just go to sleep paralysis and then go what Wait, How? he's taking all yeah. my stuff. I guess he's not getting the hint. <laughs> right, right. No, no, I've, I've said I don't believe in you anymore. Like, you can disappear now. Right. <laughs> go, back to, go back to sleep, kid. The burglar hearing, that, yeah, you could leave now. Yeah, the, 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 the burglar's like, I'm a sleep process demon. I don't know. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. All right. Let's talk about Jillian's story. This is all a quote from her. Luckily, this has only happened to me twice, but the second time was pretty recent. I woke up to one of my partner's grandparents at my side, only I don't know how I thought it was them because I couldn't turn to look at them, and what I could see didn't look anything like them. The little face I could make out was void of any features and had darkness where the eyes should be. To be fair, I saw Skinnamarink the week before. It was kind of like the face in that movie, if you've seen it. It's the one at the very end, Fredo, you've seen that movie. Unfortunately, I've seen that. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tasha, I'm going to... And this is a horror movie. It's very experimental. I understand it's not for everybody, but it's like two it hours long, false. and majority of the shots are the of the corner, like the ceiling, the door frame, the yeah. rug, yeah. and just noises happening in the background. But when he says, "Stick a knife in your eye," what'd you do then? Just scared. That's why I, it's, scared it's like everything's all grainy. I could barely see anything. And now you're going to cut to Legos on the ground for a minute while I hear noises. It was real analog horror for sure. Yeah. Jillian. There was, was a face at it. the end. So I, I, I do know the face that yeah. Jillian's speaking of. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, the, again, I, uh, what I'm starting to notice is a lot of this. I always thought people would saw, see some type of like shadowy figure. But what I'm realizing now is that even though we have these three kind of like main primary demons figures that for the most part people just see what they experience and know mm -hmm. yeah so jillian is basically saying like they know just like a dream you kind of know things you don't yeah. know why so she's feeling the presence of their partner's grandparent behind them they don't really know why they thought that they just did now suddenly it's 
devoid of features on the face, dark holes where the eyes should be. Now, this is where she continues and says, quote, For whatever reason, the grandparents start pouring water on me, and I can't get them to stop, and I can't wake up my partner. Something about it just felt awful and oppressive. It sucked, but I finally woke up. No, I did not pee myself. The weird part was that the grandparent had recently passed away, and the next day, the team showed me a picture from a creepypasta of the rake, and I was like, dude, I saw that entity last night. That's Jillian's story. Oh. We'll pull up a photo of the rake for you, Fredo, so you can see what that thing looks like, or, or Christian can now. Task Force, as always, those images go up on our social, so that way you are not out of the loop. I'll just say this, it's not great. Viewer discretion is kind of advised if you uh, don't like creepy things. I don't think it's as bad as Jeff the Killer, but... Yeah, sure. Definitely oh, okay, that's killer. where my mind went. Fredo saw it, turned around <laughs> and went, hmm. Yeah, it's um, like a... Like a I wouldn't say skinless. It's kind of like a just hairless, all skin human being. Kind of reminds me a little bit, except for less detail in the face, of the um, the creatures or the people in the movie The Descent. Oh, that's a great comparison. Yeah. It's like Nosferatu a little bit. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me of the guy, kind of a spoiler alert, but for quarantine, the person mm. up in the very, very top of the building, yes. the attic that you see at the end. Yes. I, I didn't rewatch that. That was a good movie. Have solid. you seen Rec? I think that's how yeah. you say it. R-E-C. It's the uh, original version. Yep. There's two of those. All right. Let's talk about Kat's story now. This is what she said. While I've only had a few sleep paralysis situations, happened to be the most terrifying was the first ever one that I had had a few years ago. It happened in my family home where we had lived for 11 or so years at this point. I had always been fully convinced that my room was haunted. I had no reasoning to back that up other than I had always gotten a bad vibe from that part of the house. In the weeks leading up to this sleep paralysis incident, I had been having frequent nightmares, which was very unusual for me. On this particular night, I had been having yet another nightmare. When I opened my eyes, I saw a shadowy figure floating directly above my head. I remember it having hollow eyes, almost like a skull. I was scared out of my mind because I knew I was awake, but this was something straight out of my nightmares. I couldn't scream, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. Then I felt like I was floating above my bed, parallel in the air, just having a stare down with these skull eyes. My rational brain knew that being suspended in the air was impossible, but my rational brain also knew that the feeling of what happened after was absolutely real. One moment I was suspended in the air, the next I was dropped back onto my bed, and specifically remember my head slamming into my pillow. The shadowy figure was gone, and I could finally move my limbs again. I turned to my bedside lamp, texted my mom that I had just had the craziest experience, and attempted to go back to sleep. It was close to 4am, and thankfully sleep came easily. I've rationalized with myself now that the feeling of floating and falling back onto my bed was the thrashing I was trying to do while in paralysis. While I don't believe it 100%, it's the only logical explanation I've come to. Damn, that ain't paralysis. That's a possession happening. That's what that is. Having <laughs> been lifted in the air. Being levitated. And that's a possession. It's literally <laughs> the or exorcist. like a silent exorcism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's spooky. I feel what she's talking about, though. When you when you have a very vivid feeling, and her feeling being, I fell back onto my bed, my rational brain knew that this was, like, all weird, but that must have happened. And I can see that, though, if you're trying to wake up and, you're, and you can move a little bit, maybe she was able to lean up and then fell back down and then felt that sensation, but I, that I, is spooky. I, I will say, like, it's very much like, as much as you are awake, it still very much feels like 
kind of floaty dream state esque in yeah. a way. Yeah. And like your your senses do react sometimes different senses in different ways. Okay. So a tap might feel like a hit or a yeah. bump. Yeah. And like with like the demon experience, like I felt like this ringing noise. So, you know, my hearing senses were being triggered. I felt like this hearing noise that was like slowly ramping up as the situation got more intense. Mm-hmm. And and then from there, I could almost, almost feel like it was tingling towards where I was grabbing, like my hands being tingled yeah. as I was grabbing the demon. But I mean, again, it's because I'm grabbing a person. So I, I, I do see like how she could think like or feel like oh my goodness like i felt like i was hitting a pillow or like i was floating and i just dropped yeah but i feel like your senses are just in a in a tailspin <laughs> i mean 100 percent that fits in what we were talking about before and that's just another spooky layer to all this is that everything we know and experience that is reality is our senses and the interpretation of them and it's just weird to realize that when you're sleeping your brain can misinterpret or reinterpret the stimulus that your eyes, your hands are having and give you a whole different reality. I, I will say this, and like I talked about this before, but like my spouse Jackie and I developed a system where I just try to breathe. Like when I'm waking up from sleep paralysis, I try to breathe as like loudly and as heavy as possible to wake her up because she's a light sleeper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work half of the time. Um, but it's just a, a way out. But it's, it's a way to try do. and find a way out. But what I didn't say is I do that with the hope that she, then you could just like, Hey, when that happens, you notice that turn around. I'm having a sleep paralysis episode, shake me so I could Mm -hmm. like start functioning and moving. I have the hope of that, but really I do that mostly for comfort to know that like she's awake. She's with me there. Because of the fact that even, I would say, majority of the time when she shakes me, it still doesn't get me out of my funk. Mm. Like, she doesn't shake me and I go, I can move and my motor functions are activated. It most of the time doesn't work. So it actually, it's more so for just the comfort of like... Well, you have company now. I have company and you're with me. Yeah. Like, you know... You're not seeing this. You're calming me down. Yeah. um, As opposed to shaking me out of it. Yeah. Which is... You know, just a weird thing that, like, I I guess I can't be shaking out of it most of the time. Well, how do you get out of it, Christian? Is it just something where you kind of just have to wait for it to end? or No, I've gotten to a point where I just need to focus all of my energy on moving any part of my body. A finger, a Mm. toe, a hand. And as soon as I can move something, I'm out of it. Okay. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The minute something goes, everything else goes with it interesting but yeah it's like it takes all your concentration it takes all your effort it's like a herculean task to try wow. to bring it out really it. does feel like you are trying everything possible physically and mentally to move just even like a pinky yeah wow and, and even then it's just it's a it feels like and is a long shot yeah goodness yeah it feels hopeless <laughs> i feel like no joke i have to sleep with a whistle you, i something. mean honestly you just roll with it that's, yeah. that's the only thing. You just kind of go, just I, just gotta, to I just got to roll with it. Terrible. Well, that has been our episode on Sleep Paralysis Demons. Again, Task Force, I would love to hear from you, whether it be on social or email. Let us know 
what your experiences yeah, are like. can feast on your I'm stories. I'm feasting <laughs> on these stories, man. This It's such a morbid curiosity. I, well, first, I just, I love dreams. I love the idea of dreams and interpreting them, but also the science of the brain is just so interesting. And, and then how it can misfire in such unique ways that create these circumstances. Come on. I know it's like a lot to go through, but as a scientist, I got to put my emotions inside, flex my muscles and get in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to buff up. Well, from the brainstem up. There's an attempt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. With that said, Fredo, I will see you right back here next week for yet another mystery.